good. Good morning, friends. Life and honor to be with you today and share these moments together with you. I uh, feel old or I want to feel younger depending upon when I look at this young man and what it is, young men. I still remember high school students. So in case you need any stories on Pastor Sid, I will sell those in the foyer uh, following church. Some of them are true. Some of them are not true, but they all sound good. Right? So I, I can sell stories. I don't have any tapes or records or anything else, but I can sell stories about this man. So anything you want to know or just wish you knew, I can kind of create things. Seriously, it's a real honor to be here and just to rejoice in this moment with you. And what shall I say? I've been raised in church. They weren't soft and as hard as But I remember as a young boy, the best speaker they had, and he would say something like this I'll be for a truth, but one statement. And my mind would start twirling, and I would say, Oh, does that mean that when he preaches, he's not going to say something like that? What is that? And of course, God has visited me with vengeance ever since because. Often as a guest, you kind of want to get acquainted with the audience and just lay a little foundation. So here I am this morning and saying, now before I preach, I think I want to say something. <laughs> but uh, it is a, a joy to be here, not only because of our church going to say, uh, here's the real deal. In my view, we took the Dickens line all those years ago and through the years, so that's a book I will have. And yes, this is my uh, speaking honorarium at Calvary, uh, it's called Calvary Chapel. Okay? It's going a little wear and tear, I probably need to get a new one, but uh, the church was very much football, uh, it was just area there, and uh, the tent was set out in the parking lot, and I came for a couple of nights. Part of an outreach to this community, and this was my honorarium from Calvary Chapel. And so I remember that often. And then through the years, I've had the privilege to thank you very much for honoring me. Let me take just a moment and draw the target before we shoot the arrow this morning. Okay, let's pray about it. I have one scripture and one point to my message. Does that sound all right? One scripture, one point. And if we all agree in a hurry, we could probably beat the Baptist to the lunch line. Or you could make your uh, your tailgate before the Bears game or something. I don't know if we get a, get there in a hurry, all right? So I'm just going to do that. And uh, then seriously, I'm going to take just a moment to unfold that one truth. But my prayer is that this morning you will get a really big dose of encouragement, strengthening your faith, and maybe a taste of Sometimes we say amen, and sometimes we say oh me, don't we? But let's get a little bit of both this morning. So here is, here is the truth this morning. Let's see if we can get a vote on it. God is almighty. Have I got it? All right. 
almost got a unanimous voter. I think we did. So maybe you've already got it. God is Almighty. Well, let's let's unbundle that. I'm going to look at First Corinthians chapter one, and we're talking this morning really about the simplicity of truth in a very complex world. Everywhere you turn today, there is complexity in mind and things that are weirder, wilder, and the strains are from all kinds of uh, directions, and it's like whatever you do, somebody is not going to be pleased. Whatever you say, whatever you choose, wherever you go, you're bound to make somebody your enemy, it seems like, in today's world. So we want to talk about some simple truths from God's Word for this complex world that we live in, and I choose to anchor that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's read beginning at verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who have been saved, it is the power of God. That's not my text, but that's a very clear word for all of us. Don't ever expect the unregenerate world to think this makes sense. It is foolishness to them until there is transformation from within. For it is written, verse 19, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Now we have almost like little David going out to face Goliath and yelling at him, Bring it on, buddy, bring it on. And Paul says to all of the brilliant people of his world, verse 20, Where is the wise and where is the scribe and where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish? wisdom of this world. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. The Jews request a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now verse 25 is my text. Here it is. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Let me grab that text one more time. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. That's almost like the biggest oxymoron in the world. How do you associate the word foolish with God? What is an oxymoron? It's, it's two words that don't fit together, like jumbo shrimp. That's an oxymoron. You ever eaten jumbo shrimp? Or how about another one? Bureaucratic efficiency. Now there's an oxymoron for you if I ever saw it. And there's a whole list of others, but I get in trouble if I went down that path. So let's just say, foolishness and God is an oxymoron. Or let me put it this way. Where are the mathematicians in the room? If you bring God down to his least common denominator, shrink God's wisdom down to its lowest level that you can bring it, the lowest whole number you can find, so to speak, it is still greater than wisdom of God. What a declaration. That God, in his smallest expression, 
Whereas Paul uses crazy words and weaky language is still far in excess of everything that the world could ever conjure up. Titus looks for the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God created the world in his wisdom. He's provided a plan for the ages. We who believe read the newspaper headlines before they're written, you know, the prophetic word of God of how God is destined everything and he moves mountains, he moves kingdoms, he moves nations, he moves rulers. In the Old Testament, through the prophet Isaiah, he could say 400 years before it happened, my servant Cyrus, the Persian king, whose parents obviously opened God's word and said, what's going to name my child? Oh, it should be Cyrus, because God said that 400 years ago. But God spoke that word in advance because he knew. Or listen to Romans chapter 8. A familiar verse. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. How pleasant he is to keep the pleasure before God. That is why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something Try to figure out anything on your own, but listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. For He is the one that will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all, but run to God. I like that sentence. So, just had a unanimous vote in this church that this guy is uh, mentally incompetent. He is all of those things. He's against God. But if you bring God to his fullest extent, whatever that is, however you define it, it is still Here is the greatest definition of the power of God that I find in God's Word. He 
I want you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand of God in heavenly places, far above principalities, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness who fills all in all. You talk about dominion. That is God over everything in the resurrection and in the ascension of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is Lord over all. Praise be to God. So the question I ask again this morning is, God is so powerful. Scriptures, the chosen to pick other translations from the 40 years of King Jimmy had that programmed up in here. You know, and I kind of know that one by heart almost. But listen to Isaiah chapter 40. He gives power to the weak. To those who have no mind, he increases strength. Even the youth shall fade and be weary. Young men will utterly fall. But those who wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. Here we have the weakness of God is greater than the power of God. We follow the weakness. So the question that we ask is, are you going to start passing the faith? Are you going to see me engage in application? I had a friend of mine who just told me this story. He said, everywhere you read the word faith, substitute another word that means it is weakness. Because faith is weakness. He's not looking right now, maybe. I mean, isn't a wonderful definition of faith? A faith word that's to this altar or in our own language or in our prayer times and pray for us. Oh God, I've tried everything I know what to do and it's still a mess. You need to straighten this out real fast. Why do you have to do this? Because God is merciful. Or why do we pray for you? Why don't you pray for us? Is really an interchange into a wisdom of speech with God. And then I read the, the book of James and just Interchange those words. It's a gift of speaking. So, this morning, now, Pastor, you said it was 12 o'clock before the game starts. Thank you. Because I got about 14 things on the list here that I would give you alternate words. But I'll just throw them on one more time. For the wisdom and the strength of God, which we all see.
Said, and Pastor Larry, have a, a disagree on a point. Well, what, what it comes out in the headlines is Pastor Larry rips Pastor Phil. Pastor Larry blasts Pastor Phil. Why do we put that language in? It's all over in our world, and so there is there is no answer back. It's always a blast, a, 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 a challenge. But how about reversing the Ten-year journey, and my son decided to do that. And I did not expect me to ever be It was about ten years, and I did that. I was angry about it on the good side. You're on the good side of this. How Todd's life came back to the Lord. I was serving God today and leading others to the Lord, and other things of that. We went to a service at Southwestern Cross Limited in Happy Davis and things came up. That was tough in the middle of it. And it, was, it included divorce. It is all built in all of that anxiousness and anger and positioning and everything else. And this was one of those moments when Todd reappeared in our life and was willing to talk to us. And he was back in the Lord. He didn't know where he was, but he was back and he just asked me a couple of questions. And going into a divorce proceeding, doesn't sound good. Fear runs in in a hurry, and what are you facing with it? Not just all of your stuff, but in God's stuff, you face it. Or you offer a soft answer in attempt to bash. Or you offer forgiveness. When God's word says, sometimes God heaps coals of fire upon the angry person. 
Great. 